And now, a word from our sponsors. We don't have any. So, if you'd like to get in touch, we'll happily take some of your advertising budget off your hands for you. Just don't put all your eggs in one basket. Most of our listeners are either our friends or family, and even they listen just to stop us yakking on about it. Mm. Besides, most of them already have all the blue pills they need. Isn't that right, Uncle Terry? And now, back to our show. You're listening to Rodney Beckford isn't funny, which isn't entirely true. It's about as true as Liz Truss being the worst British Prime Minister since Boris Johnson. It's factually correct, but you can't help wondering how much more damage she might have caused had she stayed in charge another week. She might have taken out King Charles as well as his mother. Anyway, welcome back to Rodney Beckford isn't funny. It's a four-part series, and I've tried to warn you off a number of times now. Clearly, you're still not getting the message. So, for any vegans out there, this opening joke is especially for you. I get a lot of criticism for taking the piss out of vegans, but I've yet to meet a vegan who didn't have a sense of humour about being a vegan, or who had the energy to chase after me, tackle me to the ground, and force-feed me some tofu. (laughs) You know what the worst thing about being a vegetarian is for vegetarians? It's that, unfortunately for them, Hitler was also a vegetarian. In fact, he's probably the most famous vegetarian of all time. Which really makes you think, how bad does being a vegan have to be if that's where Hitler drew the line? Now I see why vegans don't like you. Hey, stop trying to distance yourself from me. You're part of this too, remember? I know, I know, but I am not happy about it. All it's going to take is one plant-based, kung-fu-loving vegan to kick your ass, and you take me down with you. So what do you suggest? How about you say something nice about vegans and then let's move on, yeah? Like what? Oh, I don't know, like, uh, I know it seems like all vegans are whiny, intolerant, plant-eating, self-righteous pricks, but it's not true. Some of them are liberal Democrats too. Ooh, politics. Oh yeah, I do politics too. (laughs) Boris Johnson resigning really screwed up a lot of my material. Not as much as Liz Truss resigning and screwing up the economy, (laughs) but still. I had some great stuff about him hanging on to his job harder than the skid marks in a public toilet. (laughs) How sooner or later he was going to reverse over one of the Queen's corgis at the state opening of Parliament, (laughs) greet the German Chancellor with a Hitler salute, (laughs) to the next G7 meeting, or even get caught in Hyde Park with a bound and gagged Dominic Cummings... (laughs) whilst digging a shallow grave. (laughs) But he finally did the decent thing and fell on his sword after being pushed by almost 60 members of his own government. (laughs) They tried stabbing him in his back, front and sides numerous times, but for a porky posh prick, (laughs) he proved remarkably quick, surprisingly agile and harder to corner and bring down than a woolly mammoth. (laughs) 
His departure speech reminded me of when Arsene Wenger finally left Arsenal. The big difference being that Arsene Wenger wanted to keep Arsenal in Europe, whereas Boris couldn't wait to leave. (laughs) It's his kids I feel sorry for. With more time on his hands, they'll inevitably be forced to spend time with him. (laughs) If he can remember where he left them, (laughs) what they look like, (laughs) and their names. Can't say I'm sorry to see the back of him, but you just know he's gonna hang around like a bad smell in a public toilet. <laughs> or until someone sprays industrial strength detol at him and uses a power hose to blast him away. I'm guessing you didn't vote for Brexit then. No, I did not. Mm, so you're a lefty. My politics is very left-leaning, but that's not to say that all people on the right are all Eurosceptic right-wing Tory scumbags. Some of them burn their fingers if they come into contact with The Guardian or The Independent newspaper. <laughs> During the pandemic, I helped out a neighbour who needed to shield themselves because of a health condition. I asked if there was anything I could do to help out, and she said... Well, I wouldn't mind a newspaper on a Saturday. So, for the length of lockdown, I got her the Daily Mail on Saturday, which, during the pandemic, only served to leave me even more confused as to why people were crossing the road when they saw me coming. Was it because I was black? (laughs) Because I was a Daily Mail reader? (laughs) Or because they were paranoid about catching COVID? I'd like to think that it certainly wasn't because I had my cock out. (laughs) Relax. One dick joke never hurt anyone, unless it catches you in the eye. (laughs) That's it. No more dick jokes, although there is a Donald Trump section later. (laughs) I forgot my mask this one time and had to ask a guy going into the shop if I gave him the money, would he mind getting the paper for me? He said... I'm fundamentally opposed to that paper and all it stands for and you should be ashamed of yourself for buying it. I said, relax, it's not for me, it's for my neighbour, she's shielding and besides, I have way worse things to be ashamed of than buying the Daily Mail on Saturday, trust me. I slept with a lesbian, two Tories and a vegan. In my defence, I didn't know the lesbian was a lesbian until after we did it. And to be fair to her, neither did she. (laughs) That was literally me eating out to help her. (laughs) What else you got, Mr Funny Guy? What else do you need? That joke hit most of the major food groups. I just think... You need to let everyone know who you are. I'm just me. I make mistakes. I'm a slow learner. I'm not the sharpest tool in the box, but I'm not the bluntest either. You could definitely draw blood or bludgeon somebody to death with me. So what, you're like a heavy chisel? Or a claw hammer. Just tell us about your life. I can tell you that I die in the end. And you are a pessimist. Episcopalian, actually. You don't even know what Episcopalian means. You had to look that word up to spell it correctly in the script. Doesn't make the joke any less funny. Look, you started out strong with the Hitler joke and the eat out to help out worked, but now you're falling back on wordplay. 
which, let's face it, you're really not clever enough for. (gasps) How dare you? I'm you, remember? I know how dumb you actually are. Yeah, all right, fair point. Just tell another story. Okay, okay, okay. Have you ever gone to the wrong hotel room, have the keycard work in the door and walk in on someone? I don't know if I'm just unlucky, but that's happened to me twice. The first time the door didn't swing totally shut and I read the room numbers wrong. So I walked in on a butt naked man, (laughs) on all fours on the bed, his arse in the air, ready for action with a ball gag in his mouth. He looked at me shocked and embarrassed. And I looked at him thinking, how am I ever going to be able to unsee this? (laughs) And all I could think of to say was, isn't this room 322? (laughs) To his credit, he undid the ball gag and said, "Uh, no, this is 320. (laughs) I immediately apologised and started to back out of the room when the bathroom door opened. Stood in the doorway was, let's say, a mature blonde lady. (laughs) She was chewing gum and looked like whatever she was going to get up to in the next half an hour, she wasn't going to be spitting out the gum whilst doing it. (laughs) She was dressed in thigh-high shiny PVC boots, matching nipple as bra, wearing a strap-on dildo and holding a whip. She takes one look at me and as casually as you like, she says to the guy on the bed, it's double the money, honey, if Denzel here is joining us. (laughs) The second time it happened, I got to the hotel late after a long drive. On entering the room, I was faced with yet another middle-aged fat guy, (laughs) out of breath, having almost completed blowing up his date for the evening. (laughs) He tried, without success, to conceal the inflatable doll who was gradually deflating, letting all of his efforts go to waste. (laughs) It's only then that I realised I recognised the guy and said, McCaffrey, please don't tell me we're sharing. (laughs) Thankfully, we weren't sharing. However, breakfast, lunch and dinner with McCaffrey was more awkward than an all-you-can-eat Islamic State buffet gatecrashed by the English Defence League, (laughs) Salmon Rushdie (laughs) and Peppa Pig. Peppa Pig. She has a history of gatecrashing parties and get-togethers. Ha, let me guess. Vegan barbecues in particular. Where the halloumi stands a better chance of being seared than the bacon. Right, well... If you're not going to be serious about being funny, then it's time to go. Okay, okay. You ever seen a fat vegan? (laughs) There's no such thing. If you do, they just turned vegan that weekend or the day before you see them. They're as rare as a tax-paying working member of the royal family. (laughs) Or a Jamaican without rhythm. Even old Jamaicans have rhythm. Trust me, it's one of the last things to go. I've seen them in the old people's homes, winding and grinding in their senior movement class to One Love by Bob Marley and the Whalers. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing until you've seen an 87-year-old twerk whilst holding on to her Zimmer frame like her life depended on it. Mainly because it does. <laughs> Did you hear that park keepers in London had to ask the public 
to not leave stuffed Paddington bears with their floral tributes for the Queen when she died. It was supposedly because the bears were made with uncompostable material. But the real reason was to stop randy grey squirrels dragging them off and up into the trees and dry humping the hell out of them. (laughs) All that happened because the Queen was in one sketch with Paddington Bear. I can't help thinking that the floral tributes for Prince Andrew will be very different. I'm thinking they'll mostly be cans of antiperspirant spray, <laughs> numerous Monopoly get-out-of-jail-free cards, and a load of two-for-one meal deal vouchers for Pizza Express. <laughs> One of the statistics that came out after the Queen passed away was that 31% of the people within the entire Commonwealth had either seen the Queen or met the Queen. Now... I'm no mathematician. In fact, I couldn't even spell the word correctly when I was writing this bit. (laughs) But isn't 31% of anything still crap? (laughs) If I got 31% in the written exam on the driving test, that's still a fail, right? (laughs) If I only hit 31% of pedestrians on a crossing or managed to parallel park 31% of the car into a space... Short of bribing the examiner, that's still a fail, right? If I attempt to jump the Grand Canyon on a rocket sledge bike and get 31% of the way across, I'm still going to be tugging on the ripcord to my parachute harder than a teenage boy tugging on his knob with an empty house, a tub of Vaseline and a super fast broadband connection. Hell, if I only tried 31% of the time at work, I'm pretty sure eventually I'd end up working from home looking for another job. (laughs) 31% isn't even half-arsed. It's slightly more than half of half-arsed. But it's still nothing to create a TikTok video about. My point is, 31% doesn't seem like a number worth shouting about unless... You're a Liberal Democrat, and that's how many people voted for you in the Strictly Come Dancing dance-off. <laughs> or, you're Prince Andrew, and you're talking about your approval rating compared to Vladimir Putin, <laughs> Hamas, or Liz Truss. <laughs> or, you're a plastic surgeon telling Jacob Rees-Mogg that that's how much further you can shove the stick <laughs> up his butt. One more political joke for you. Do you know what the one good thing about having Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister is? No, I do not know the one good thing about having Rishi Sunak as Prime Minister. Imagining the look of horror on the face of the old Duke of Edinburgh. Right. Well, you just kiss goodbye to any MBEs, OBEs or CBEs right there. Unless they reduce your tax bill from HMRC, what's the point? Oh, Rodney, but they do. Do they? Oh, bugger. Okay, well, how about if I babysit Prince Andrew for a couple of weeks? Rodney Beckford Isn't Funny was written, produced, engineered and edited by Rodney Beckford. 
mostly because he has low standards, half asses everything, and gets by on other people's talent. Talent like Tanya Cheney and me, Kevin McCarran, who also performed in this episode. If you're still listening, then I'm pleased to say there's only one episode to go. Like and subscribe to the other episodes if you must. And if you liked it that much, tell your friends, family, colleagues and sworn enemies. There's no point in suffering alone, I guess. Do try to remember that there are better podcasts out there than whatever this multiple pile-up of fermented herring, stinky French cheese and horse manure is. If you're not already sick of his foolishness, more information to be found at www.rodneybeckfordcomedian.com and on Instagram at rodneybeckfordcomedian. If you enjoyed listening to these two goofballs and you haven't already, give the looking for a third podcast to listen. It's something they did without me, and frankly, it shows. If you like it, subscribe, rate, and give it a review. It should go without saying they want you to lie in that review and only write good things about it. Just don't forget to mention how great I was in this show. are different from most other podcasts you might listen to. There aren't any celebrities. Mostly because none of them have heard of us. Or their agents warned us off with a stick with a bit of dog poo on the end of it. Mm. We're not even in the top 400 podcasts in the UK. Uh, I think you'll find we're not even in the top 400 podcasts in the world. But we are in the second million. Which is why we have to make trailers like this to encourage people like you to give us a listen. This trailer's for a new show we're calling The Feedback Loop. It's the sister show to our other show, The Looking for a Third Podcast. Basically, it's a show about a show, and we are putting our listeners at the heart of it. So we can blame you when it fails. Hey, that's not it. Look, all you have to do is listen to a couple of episodes of The Looking for a Third Podcast. Doesn't matter which episodes. Personally, I'd go with Running Man Jim or Eddie the Artivist. The choice is yours, people. Then get in touch via Facebook or Instagram and tell us about yourselves, and we'll consider you for the show. There will be a test to prove that you listened to the very end. Oh, yeah, it's always worth listening to us to the very end. It's our thing. Oh, we are funny. Yeah, both shows are funny. We're comedy people, people. Although, if you have to say we're comedy people, people, then maybe we're not as funny as we think. Uh... I am funny, all right? I've got paperwork and everything to prove it. Yeah, well, I was too funny for clown school. I got kicked out of clown school for clowning around. Anyway, if you'd like to be on the feedback loop, give the Looking for a Third podcast a listen. And remember, listen to a couple of episodes. There'll be a nine-hour written test with oral, multiple choice and practical sections. Then get in touch via Facebook or Instagram and tell us about yourselves. We'd love to hear from you and find out what you think about the shows.